Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life from a wind-blown, rain-ravished shed. But never mind, we're going to keep going even if we get a little bit of noise happening in the background there, thanks to the elements. Going to start off this week with something positive. I'm well aware that over the last few weeks I've been rather strident in talking out about various initiatives that seem to me to have fatal flaws. But this week I wanted to start off with something positive. Don't worry, if you like the other stuff, there's, a st there's another story coming up later in the episode. But anyway, let's start off on, a, on the right foot. MoMA has named their chief photography curator. That's MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, by the way. And it's Clement Cheroux from the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art's Pritzker Center for Photography. Now, what has this guy got to do with me, I hear you say? Some guy's got a great job in Manhattan in one of the most prestigious galleries, museums in the world. Well, what I think is interesting is what he said when he got the job. He said this. In the 20th century, the specificity of photography was defended by isolating it. And I truly believe that in the future, we should defend the medium, not by isolating it, but by combining it with the other arts. Also in the last week, I came across this, a little news uh, story. Strange edition, a brand new cultural centre, community photo lab, cafe and immersive video studio in the heart of Ridgewood, New York, with an evening of art and live performances. That's what it's opening with. Now, this is also the opening of Mac, Strange Edition, a new bookstore with titles from one of the world's leading independent art book publishers, Mac. Strange Edition marks a new phase of access to contemporary arts in the city with a focus on interdisciplinary, collaborative and community-focused programming. Great stuff, huh? Just the kind of thing that we all need locally, or maybe just the kind of thing that we all need to kind of be part of setting up. That kind of goes back to last week's podcast. But anyway, for me, what's interesting about this is I think it points the way forward for photography. I like the passion that Clement shows there, talking about defending the a medium and really believing in this situation. I personally don't want photography to be the person at the party who sits on the side not really talking to anybody and a little bit scared to ask anybody to dance. I'd like photography to be in the middle of the dance floor, throwing some shapes and uh, joining in with everybody else and getting everybody else to join in with them. That's how I see it. And I think it has that potential. Obviously, Clement agrees with me that perhaps by being isolationist, what we're actually doing is killing the medium off rather than defending it. Now, this isn't something I find personally difficult. I've never only seen the camera as my sole means of communication or uh, I suppose a tool for creativity. I've always enjoyed music and reading and writing and art in all sorts of forms and I engage with all of those things as well. As I've said previously, I never studied photography as a course. My, my degree is in graphic design. Prior to that I was doing ceramics and painting so for me, that idea of bringing together contemporary art with photography, I suppose in a way it's kind of 
what I've done my whole life and it's what I really enjoy I find that all of those other arts feed my photography feed my understanding of the medium and I don't really see any barriers or frontiers between all those things now strange edition seems to be a space in which all of these things are going to come together and I think we need to encourage that and we need to think about do we have that in the UK do we have it locally wherever you're living do you have that locally I've often thought that with the death of the high street, certainly in the UK and a lot of other cities that I've visited around the world, there's space there. There are properties where this kind of a situation could be created. Funding is always the problem and it's always been the problem. And I've been reading up and writing a lot recently about the growth of the photographic collaborative uh, I suppose initiative again to use that word in the 1970s in the UK and how such incredible work was done with tiny tiny amounts of funds I think economically we seem to be in a similar state as we were in the 1970s and perhaps that requires that initiative I don't know what the situation is behind the um strange edition and uh, kind of project there I don't know who's funding it um I certainly know who's funding MoMA, but then that's a very political uh, situation there. But two kind of situations occurring at the opposite ends of the spectrum, both financially and I suppose globally. Both of them, to me, positive. Both of them doing exactly the same thing. And both of them pointing forward, pointing a direction for all of us as photographers to consider as regular listeners know and people who follow me on uh, Twitter on uh, at UN of photo uh, I'm always talking about these kind of what I consider to be unrealistic expectations or injustices or revenue streams that are being created in a slightly kind of a shadowy way and I came across one this week and I'm not going to make a comment on it I'm just going to read it out to you and I'm going to let you make your own decision about what you think about this. This is an initiative from GUP, which is a magazine, I, I believe, based in Amsterdam. And this is what it says on their website. All emerging photographers born or based anywhere in Europe are welcome to apply. After the deadline, a jury of specialists uh, consisting of GUP editors, gallerists and photographers will go through all applications and select the 100 best. If you are amongst the selected 100 photographers to be featured as, as a fresh, in capital letters, talent, we will grant you four pages in the book. However, publishing a book isn't free. We therefore have to ask you to contribute to the costs. The rate for every selected participant is 300 euros, excluding VAT. Please note, applying is free. We will only ask you to pay once you've been selected. You make your own mind up about that. I know I have. This week, we welcome to the podcast Vinka Peterson. Uh, Vinka got her first camera at the age of seven or eight. In 1990, uh, age 17, she moved to London, telling her parents she was going to art school. Instead, she moved into a squat and got involved in alternative politics as well as the rave free party scene, occasionally working as a model in fashion spreads and music videos. 
Finker met the photographer Corin Day, who became a mentor of sorts, occasionally giving her cameras, film and confidence to continue taking her pictures. She adopted a nomadic lifestyle, travelling Europe, living in trucks until her son was born in 2005. Throughout this time, she took photographs, eventually collecting them into a book, No System, which was published by Stiedl in 1999 and reissued in 2019 when it was included in one of the first ever displays of photo books at Tate Modern London. In 2010, I'm going to jump back a bit, Peterson created Future Youth Project, working with children in Thanet, Kent and in the Ukraine. Her alter ego, Art Nurse, popped up at the 2010 Paris Photo Festival, Arl Photo and Brighton Photo Fringe, dispensing gold glitter and administering vodka shots by syringe, as well as dancing with strangers and selling postcards to raise funds for FYP. Before FYP, she persuaded the designer and founder of the fashion brand Maharashi, Hardy Bikerman, to design and donate a monumental inflatable that she took to orphanages and schools through Europe, Morocco, Western Sahara, um, Mauritania, Senegal, Gambia, Mali, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Romania and the Ukraine. Recent photo books include Future Fantasy, examining her earliest years during the second summer of love, and Juice and a Quarter, created during a road trip across the American South, made with three girlfriends. Vinker has participated in multiple group exhibitions and solo exhibitions of images, and this year her work will be exhibited at the Martin Parr Foundation, Bristol. Peterson has never worked to commission. You ask what photography means to me, um, and I suppose the simplest way of explaining what it means to me is that it's a way of recording, recording what's going on around me, what's unfolding in front of me, um, possibly on some levels how I'm feeling, um, who's important to me, where I'm living, um, and all those things. Because I don't really set up my photos or influence really the scenes in any way. Um, and because they're usually what I'm doing or what's happening to me naturally, it's much more personal than a lot of photographers work I suppose in the sense that um, I don't really see myself as a photographer in the same way that a photographer that will set up a scene or will set out to photograph a particular subject um, for me that hasn't ever really been important It's the camera has always been one of a few different ways that I record what is going on, uh, where I've put myself. Um, so I suppose it's second, secondary in a way to me actually putting myself in the place. That's the first thing. So um, taking my life in particular directions and then recording it partly photographically. Um, I've also always written diaries 
Um, until recently, I haven't so much, but um, and collected small kind of totems, mementos along the way, but not so many objects, mainly photographs. And actually, interestingly, I've just started to collect sound recordings such as this. Um, but it's a new medium for me to work with and um, interestingly difficult for me to record myself right now. But interestingly difficult is interesting. So back to photography. Yeah, an essential tool for me. Um, and always a very honest one, um, a very direct way of capturing a huge amount of information, not only, you know, the image itself, but what that image then triggers in my mind as secondary memories, such as smells, um, how I was feeling at the time, um, if there are other people in the photo, you know, what my relationship is with them now, what it was then, you know, whether they're even still here anymore. Um, I used to always laugh about the photographs I, I took when I was living in a live-in vehicle on, on the road um, and that I could try and remember, you know, a series of important things at that particular time that that photo was taken for example what truck I was living in out of the five I've had over the years which dog I had you know which boyfriend I had um, and those things could all be in the not actually in the photo but the photo would tri trigger the memory of that time and all those other things that were going on so it's a, a huge tool. I don't have a very good memory. And I often think that I remember things because of the photographs I've taken of them. As I was saying, I think I would have forgotten them completely if I didn't have this image in my mind as a kind of catalyst for remembering the whole of a moment. Um, so lastly... I would say that, yeah, I, I, I've always struggled with being called a photographer. I think photography is part of what I am, but I feel less of a pure photographer and more of someone that, I don't think there's, a, there's maybe not a word for it, but someone that just records things. Um, and preserves them. That's it. Thank you, Thinker, for your uh, contribution this week. I love that line, interestingly difficult is interesting. Doesn't that make sense? It also reminded me um, when she was talking, oh, I was introducing her there, that Corinne Day was one of her mentors and that phrase, interestingly difficult is interesting. It reminds me of working with Corinne. And actually it reminds me of the first time I met her, which was um, 
I'd seen some small black and white photographs in the Face magazine uh, when I was working at L magazine. And these little black and white pictures, as I remember, were of kind of rockers in a pub. And I really liked them. They were really small, little quarter page, if that. So I contacted the face and said, you know, who is this photographer? Um, can I have her number? So I rang her up and I invited her to come in and see me. She did with a black and white vinyl portfolio uh, carried by a very young Kate Moss. Uh, we had a chat. We looked at the works and, and that was great. But then everything took off for Corin with those pictures of Kate Moss in the face. And we never got to work with each other until much later when I was at Tatler magazine. And uh, I commissioned her to photograph the actress Patsy Kensett. Uh, the day was interestingly difficult, but because of that, it stayed with me. We started off in a very conventional fashion studio with a white background. Uh, it didn't work. She didn't like it. We ended up, Corinne, myself and Patsy, lying on a bed watching Top of the Pops in a particularly uh, down-at-heel hotel above Paddington Station that's now been completely renovated, by the way, on some nylon-y sheets. Um, it was a, a strange day, but uh, as Vinka says there, you know, it's all about bringing everything together. And I suppose that fits in with what we were talking about at the beginning of this particular podcast, that importance that Vinka is now thinking about audio and that that whole process of diary writing and the collection of ephemera. For me, all of these things come together. I've never seen the photograph as being the only necessary output of a photographer. Maybe that's a kind of a, a switch that some people may need to kind of click to actually think, well, where am I going with my photography now? Where is photography going now? And maybe that would kind of open up some opportunities and some doors from a, both a commission perspective, from a financial perspective, but also that kind of working through those moments when photography can feel incredibly claustrophobic and perhaps also a kind of a, a road with no end. I'm getting a little bit poetic myself this week at the end here. After all the strident politics of last week, perhaps it was time to discover some poetry. Anyway, there you go. As I said, it's been a rainy, windy uh, time here in the in the shed uh, recording this particular podcast. I hope if it's in the background, it hasn't in, uh, kind of prevented you from enjoying the podcast too much. But as Bob Dylan says, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Take care. <laughs>